0: So good morning. So my name's Dan, if we've not met, and uh I wanna talk this morning about dreams. Hopefully that's not a surprise, hopefully you are listening. <laughs> um so in a minute we're gonna turn to Genesis thirty-seven. So if you've got your Bibles and you want to turn to Genesis thirty-seven. We're in a season that we've called Prepare. Um, and uh, we believe God is preparing us as a people, uh, both individually. God is preparing me as a body, as a church here in, in Huddersfield. We believe God is preparing us as a church here and as a wider church. We believe God is, is doing something in the wider church across the world. And, and we hear stories of how. He's preparing his church, um, and as Lakanda reminded us yesterday, it's not we're not preparing for a, for a move of him. We're preparing for him to move. We're preparing for him. That's who we're preparing for, for Jesus. And so this morning, I want to talk about dreaming, and um, we've been talking about prepare the heart, prepare the hands, and prepare the lands. And originally, this was basically all about hands, and then as I've written it and been praying, I've realised I may be going into land a little bit, and I've kind of had to apologise to Trev for kind of sneaking in there a little bit early. But um, so this morning I want to talk about preparing the hands that dream is my title, but also part of that is about creating a space where people can dream, and we're going to look at that this morning together. Because, you know, as, as Marcus... Shared this morning, it's not enough just for us to dream, is it? It's not enough for us to just sit with our dreams. There is something we have to do with our dreams. We have to partner with God in our own dreams, and we as a community have to learn how to steward the dreams that God gives us both individually and corporately. It's what we do with those dreams that makes the difference. So, Genesis 37. It's the story of Joseph, and we're just going to read verses 1 to 11. I'm in the English Standard Version. So Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhar and Silpa, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to, them, to their fa- of them to their father, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaths in the... Field. And behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it, and they bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to him. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. Of him, But his father kept the saying in mind. So Joseph has these dreams and he tells everyone. And um, by all accounts, it doesn't go particularly well for him, That's it? And if you read on the story, and we spoke about this last week, you'll know that his brother's full of jealousy. They throw him in a pit and they sell him into slavery. That's the outcome of Joseph sharing his dreams. It's not the best response. Um, But I think there's three things, I believe, that that I just want to pick out from this section of the story this morning that can help us as we think about how we handle dreaming. The first thing is this the environment for dreaming. Now, Joseph dreamed, but I'm going to guess that this probably wasn't his first dream. You know, we all dream, don't we? I'm hopefully right, probably, in saying that 100% of us have ever had a dream, okay? And some of those dreams are great, and some of them are quite frankly weird, aren't they? And some of those dreams feel like oh, all kind of distant and just odd and, and, and all that, and some of those dreams can feel really, really real. How many of you have ever had one of those dreams where you wake up and you're not sure whether it was real? I avoided someone in my old church for, for like three months because of a dream that I had about them, um, and I wasn't sure whether it was true or not. <laughs> Um, I was also about fifteen, and you know, hopefully, I wouldn't avoid someone for three months. Now, I just asked the question, um, but you know, we all dream, don't we? So, here's my question about Joseph: When he gets these dreams, what causes him to believe them? What causes him to think this is God speaking? what causes him to want to share these dreams in a way that says that this is what is being revealed to me and I think the Bible doesn't say for us sometimes we have to kind of dig in a little bit and sometimes maybe read between the lines a little bit and, some, and so the Bible doesn't say how this environment was created but I think one of the ways this environment was created was because we know that his father, Jacob was a dreamer in Genesis 28 verse 11 and 12, it says of Jacob, he, Sir Joseph's father, it says, he put a rock under his head and lay down into that place to sleep and he dreamed. And if you know the story, Jacob has this amazing dream. Uh, Jacob's ladder is called where he sees the angels descending and, and, and this link between heaven and earth and he sees this incredible vision from God Jacob was a dreamer Joseph's father Jacob was a dreamer and so I want to suggest to us that there's a good chance that as his favorite son Jacob would have told Joseph about this Jacob would have would share what God had shown him through dreams if we want to see dreams released we have to build an environment of dreams of dreaming And this comes from telling stories. This comes from sharing our dreams with each other. This comes from sharing our dreams with our young people. Telling them stories. Stories of God's goodness. Stories of God's faithfulness. Telling them stories. God showed me this. God revealed this to me. This is what happened. This is how it outworked. It didn't necessarily outwork the way that I planned, but this is what God did in it. We need to create an environment of dreaming And our testimony, God said this and this happened. And, you know, our children replicate, don't they? You know, if you've ever had kids or been around kids, you'll realise there's a point where you suddenly become acutely aware that your children are replicating. You'll say something and the kid will say it. (laughs) Who said that? Where Where did you hear that? Or they'll do something, that's the worst bit, isn't it? Like, let's be honest, they'll do something and you'll look and go, I want to be really annoyed, but that's me. <laughs> that mannerism, that look they give you. Oh, I want to be annoyed, but it's me. <laughs> our children replicate, and so it is, I believe with dreaming, we need to create an environment where we are talking and encouraging our children and our young people to dream. Where dreaming is as natural as breathing. Where you, can, where you can dream of what God has for you. And where we release our children. And to our young people this morning, I want to say to you, this is a place where you can dream. This is an environment where you can dream. And we want to encourage you and nurture you in that. The second point I have is a culture for dreaming. Now the culture in which Joseph found himself wasn't the best, was it? From every side. Let's have a quick look. Verse 2, Joseph brings a bad report about his brothers. He was a snitch. He was a telltale. They did something and he he came and told their dad on, him, on them. But also, verse 4, His brothers hated him and could not speak peacefully of him. Verse 11, all his brothers were jealous. And as I said, that worked out its way out in the pit. So here's my question for us this morning Who sets the culture for dreaming? Who sets that culture? And I want to suggest it's the fathers and the mothers that set the culture. Verse 3 Jacob loved Joseph more than any other. He played favorites. And that created jealousy, that created envy, that created frustration, that created division. He put, he, he put this magnificent robe on him. I'm not sure if it was exactly like it was in the West End. But he, he, he elevated Joseph to a higher position than all the others. And just imagine, we all know what, it's, what it feels like when you feel like you've been missed out, don't we? Imagine what that would be like when your little brother is elevated higher all the time, in every moment he was his absolute favourite. But see, this is a multi-generational thing. This isn't just Jacob and Joseph, but if you actually go back a bit, this is a multi-generational thing. This is about his grandparents as well. This is what it says in Genesis 25, verse 28. Isaac, Joseph's grandfather, loved Esau, that's Joseph's uncle, but Rebekah, Joseph's grandmother, Love Jacob. And Rebecca helps Jacob to deceive his his father so that he gets the blessing. So Rebecca plays favoritism, doesn't she? So it's a multi-generational thing. So it's it's kind of not surprising that Jacob then goes about playing favoritism when his very mum did the same thing. It goes from generation to generation. We have to create a multi-generational culture that releases the dreaming in a healthy way, that releases people to dream. We have to champion and cheer on everyone, not playing favorites. And I felt God, when I I wrote this down, I felt God say it's not just favorites to do with the, the dreamer, so it's not just about elevating the person, but it's also about their dream. And we can be, we can, if we're not careful, we can elevate certain dreams more than others. We can elevate certain uh, ministries more than others, can't we? We can elevate certain roles more than others. We can elevate certain, you know, some dreams are really small and some dreams are really big and maybe we miss out on the really small things because we're too busy dealing with the really big things. We need to make sure we don't play favourites. And as I said, it's from generation to generation to generation. Grandparents, parents and children, generation to generation. And here's the thing, guys, this this will cost us. To release the dreams and the visions, uh, particularly of our young people, will cost us. To release other dreams around us, we may have to lay things down ourselves. There may be things that we have to lay down. Maybe parts of our dreams that we thought might come through for us that maybe actually God says to us, now's the time to lay that down. To make room, to make space. And they may do it wrong. If we let our young people take over, (laughs) they may do it wrong. Or what we think is wrong. They may make mistakes, and they probably will make some mess. And so what will our response be in that moment? Will it be one of criticism? Will it be one of of doubt? Or will it be one of championing? Will it be one of getting alongside them? I am where I am today because people championed me. Through various points in my life, people have championed me. They've made space for me to do things. I remember the first time I stood behind a mixing desk, it sounded horrendous. But people kept championing me, challenging me. The first time I grabbed a microphone, I probably said a, a lot of nonsense. I mean, it might not have changed. But, but we have to... Release people. We have to be prepared for the mess. It is going to cost us. And maybe, as Lucundra was sharing with us yesterday about laying, taking up our cross, maybe part of taking up our cross is to enable other people's dreams to come true. And to our young people, I say this we encourage you to dream. We want to champion your dreaming. And then we want to get alongside you. And this is my final point. It's championing, but it's championing and discipling. Discipling the dreamers, getting alongside them. See, verses 5 to 11, Joseph tells them his dreams. He says, everyone was bowing down to me. The problem here is not the dream. We know that because the dream comes true. The problem here is not actually the dreamer because God uses Joseph, doesn't he? The dream comes through for Joseph. The problem here is Joseph's attitude, his pride, his character in that moment. And that's one of discipleship. That's, that's, that's an issue of discipleship. That's an issue of development. That's an issue of people getting alongside him. And we know, don't we, that the, through the story, a pretty bumpy story up and down, which we talked a bit about last week, that God knocks off a lot of those rough edges. And when he comes to interpret the dreams of the baker and the dreams of the cupbearer and then the dreams of Pharaoh, he says, I can't do it, but God can. There's a change. God has done something to him. God has has moved in and God has taken those rough edges off. And he stands in that place where his dream becomes a reality. Genesis 42, 6 and then 9. Now Joseph was governor over the land He was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. And then verse 9, And Joseph remembered the dreams he had dreamed of them. Joseph remembers those dreams. His dreams have come true, but not in the way he expected. And after all this time... And there's a bit of toing and throwing, and I don't fully understand what goes on in that moment with Joseph and his brothers. But there's a bit of toing and throwing. But then, after all this time, Joseph sees what God has been doing, and he says in, in chapter 45, verses seven and eight, this time in the New Living, "God has sent me ahead of you. This is Joseph talking to his brothers, to keep you and your families alive, and to preserve many survivors." so it was god who sent me here not you his dreams that he thought were all about people bowing down to him his dreams that he thought was about him lording it over them turn out that actually it's about joseph being raised up but to a place of service joseph's dream where he thought it would be about him him being the big shot him being the guy that could make yeah Just bow down to me how great I am. God turns it round. And although he raises Joseph up, he raises him to that place where he serves others, where he releases the blessing for other people. We must disciple a generation to dream dreams of service, dreams of humility, dreams of compassion. We live in a world that says you can be whatever you want to be. We need a generation that cries out, I can be whatever God calls me to be. We encourage dreaming big dreams. I, I don't want to put any limits on dreams. <laughs> we encourage dreaming big dreams, but we partner it with loving Jesus and loving our neighbours. And we stand with them in the outworking of these dreams, not running away when things get bumpy. A quick little side note, this isn't just for the young people. Joel 2.28, your old men will dream dreams. We can all dream. But I do think there's something this morning about recognising our young people and standing with them and releasing them into dreaming. I believe God wants to release something in our midst, a permission to our young people to dream and a commitment from the rest of us to champion them, spur them on, and encourage them in their dreaming. To create an environment, nurture a culture, and commit to discipling the dreamers. It's gonna require us to do something as a church. It's gonna require us to get our hands dirty. And as we do that, we're preparing a space, we're preparing a place where they can dream. So to our young people, I say this this morning. This is a place where you can outwork your dreams. This is a place where you can dream. And this is a place where we will stand with you.